Every person watching this program this evening is responsible to county, state, and federal governments. If you live in a town or city, you're also responsible to your local city government. That's a lot of governing. I'm Dan Ringer, and we'll talk about governments right now on The Law Works. From West Virginia Public Broadcasting. Closed captioning for The Law Works is made possible by a grant from the Monongalia County Bar Association to support legal information and education for all West Virginians. The Law Works is made possible by major grants from the Office of the West Virginia Attorney General and from Software Systems Incorporated, a West Virginia company established in 1975 which provides high-end support services, programming, and consulting for county government AS400 mid-range computer systems as well as PC-based systems and by a grant from the West Virginia Bar Foundation. The West Virginia Bar Foundation, the philanthropic organization for West Virginia's legal profession and justice system, promoting public knowledge of the law in West Virginia. and county governments work together, or do they? My guests are Mayor Guy Ward of the Marion County town of Whitehall and Michael Romano, a member of the Harrison County Commission. Guy, Mike, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having yeah. us. County and city or municipal governments, you've got some of the same people in both of these. How do these things work together? That's a good question. <laughs> I, I'm not sure they always do, Dan. And, and you know, first of all, I think you got a one objection I'd have to your promo is, is I really don't think people who think they work for the government or they're responsible for the government, I think is incorrect. Uh, one thing I believe, and I'm sure God does too, is we work right. for the, yeah, for the residents. Their servants, well, yeah. until I get a citation for something that I don't <laughs> think is right. Well, you know, if you did anything, we could give you one. But the, re the reality of it is that, that that we really are there, and I know I ran and became a county commissioner in order to try to help my community. And I know that's why Guy does it. Mm -hmm. You look at all the good things they've done up in Whitehall, you don't do those things for the amount of money Guy gets paid or, oh, or the amount of money that I get paid. You do them because you want to help your community. And those are the people that you need in government, but government's there to serve people. And you know, I've been around government for 20 some years, but just having served the last uh, three or so years on the county commission, I've learned that government's not the problem, it's the people we elect to run it. And uh, you've got to have- so Government's good, not the problem, it's the people in government. Government serves duties and responsibilities to the people of America that cannot be replaced by the private sector and cannot be replaced by charities because there are certain things that only government will do. But you've got to have good people running government, uh, people that know how to pinch a penny, how to make sure they get the the bang for their buck out of every taxpayer dollar and make sure that they're not wasting Mike, there are people dollars. at home saying, yeah, that sounds really good, that's a politician's answer, but the reason people run for mayor of Whitehall or for the Harrison County Commission or for governor is the power that's associated with yeah. these positions because they can run society the way they want to. And what you're saying is that's not right. I'm, I'm saying that's not the reason to run. Go ahead. No, that is, that is, I agree with Mike. And I, uh, <clears throat> I was the county commissioner last year, I was appointed in Marion County. Marion County, yes. But the reason I took the appointment was because I wanted to help people, you know, serve the people. And of course now I'm Mayor Whitehall and for the same reason I want to serve the people. And I think maybe on a smaller 
governments like county and municipalities, you'll find those type of people. And maybe the people that are serving themselves are on the upper levels of government. I, I think it's the same in, in any any endeavor you see. I mean, you see there's bad lawyers, there's bad doctors, there's there's bad policemen, there's there's bad in, in, in every facet of society. But you have to seek out the people that are really in it to do the good things. And, you know, we have some good people, both at the state level and at the county level and at the city yeah. level. I mean, it, it, those there are people that go into it, I, and I think everybody goes into it with a with a good reason. Everybody believes that they can do what's right for the majority of the people. And I think that somehow when you get in there, the old saying, absolute power corrupts absolutely. I think when some folks get a little taste of power, that it does tend to corrupt them, even if only slightly. But one thing we've done in Harrison County, and I got two great county commissioners who have really allowed me to do a lot of the things I want. We've, we've taken politics out of hiring. Uh, we uh, have very strict rules and regulations on how we uh, provide help to economic development or to f little things like fairs and festivals. And we've put in policies and procedures that make sure that our county government runs efficiently, that people can't steal money from us, and that people are getting paid a fair wage for a full day's work. And you just have to have people either that can lead others into that direction or have enough of them that have that belief that that's the way government should run. How do Call we it a politician. How do we identify those people? One is, I, I think that you, you have to ask the citizens to get more informed, and that's a tall order because, yeah. you know, folks are people, trying to... People need to do their homework. Yeah, well, and they're li but they're trying to live their lives. Yeah. Well, they're how, trying to how do sure you they... do your homework? I, you say some people have to live their lives. That's right. I could go out and, in fact, have, because I'm a lawyer, I get to get around town, I know pretty much everybody that runs for office, but still, I don't feel like I have any particular insight into their true motivations, or if somebody's being manipulated by somebody else, I don't have any magic way of defining that. I mean, I vote for you maybe because I like you, and I don't vote for you well, because I like him. Most people vote for uh, a candidate because of name recognition, and they recognize the name, and that's how, come, that's how they vote. Well, in that case, John Wilkes Booth could get arrested, yeah. get elected to just about anything. That's not a good way to vote. No, for it is, but that's how most uh, voters vote. They vote by name recognition. It really is up to the voters. And, and I mean, that's a hard thing to say, but, but I also think it's incumbent on our educational system. When you and I went to school, and Guy, when you went to school, civics was a huge class. American yeah. history, West Virginia history, huge classes. I mean, there, there were classes that, that emulated some of the law, legal classes that we take in law school. Those are really almost gone. I'm shocked every time I talk to my two children, one's six in the first grade, but the other one's in the fifth grade, they know very little about government. Yeah. Well, I know you, you were president of the West Virginia Association for Justice. It was formerly the West Virginia Trial Lawyers Association. I don't know what it was called when you were president. I was president of the West Virginia State Bar. And we yelled for years when civics classes were removed from high schools. We pounded on the table, we sent letters, we made phone calls. I think something called civics now might be back in the curriculum, but I don't know what it looks like. But well, that's, there's, that's there's where a, we learned about yeah, government. There's a push to get it back in. And, and it needs yeah. to be back yeah. in there, because mm -hmm. if you don't appreciate your democracy, it's real hard to right. preserve it. I mean, if people don't appreciate what our founding fathers had in mind when they passed the First Amendment, then when you hear that somebody's able to go out there and stand on a stump and yell about how bad this country is, you don't understand why it's important that they're able to do that. And, and you know, it, it, but it, it is pervasive, not just in children, but all the way through adults. You talk about the Association for Justice. We started a speaker's bureau. And, you know, we have, you know, eight or nine different topics, but to go and talk to people about the Constitution or about the court system, they have no, no yeah. idea yeah, about right. how they work and why they're so important to not only our democracy, but to our economy and to keeping people safe.
Well, I'm always surprised uh, at one simple question. That is, how many branches of government are there and what are they? There are three, the executive, the legislative, and the judicial. It's stunning the number of people who do not know that. That's true. That was basic history. It I was, was basic, basic yeah. civics. Yeah, I think I was in elementary school yeah. when I knew that. Oh, and, yeah. And how you can't know that, I, I will say this, that, that you know, we've failed as a country. Maybe there's a plan behind the dumbing down of America. <laughs> but, but, you know, if, if we don't have people that understand our democracy, it's real hard to go out and fight yes. for it. Well, that's why we're here today is to try to gain some insight into county and municipal governments. Uh, because when I started to think about this, I thought, boy, you know, it is the same people being governed by two different groups. You have different responsibilities. Mike, what's the county government responsible for? Well, the, the county government, and really they're not overlapping, Dan, as much as you would think. I mean, the federal government passes certain laws that govern the entire country. Of course, they're enforced by the executive, interpreted by the judiciary. State government's set up very similarly, as you know. Our legislature passes laws, the governor enforces them, and the judiciary interprets them. Our job, I think, as both county and municipal uh, government is to apply those laws as they apply to our different uh, levels of government. The county government basically controls and oversees everything that the municipalities don't. We don't yeah, have well. very very many overlapping, very much overlapping authority over the municipalities, although there are broader governing powers such as county EMS, uh, fire, and things, although they control oh, yeah, we their use own. your services. We right. use a lot of the services that the county provide, like EMS, and of course our volunteer fire departments we use, which are uh, you know, provided to us by the help of the county. Uh, now, there is a big difference in their form of government and our form of government. The county commission form of government, uh, they're actually, when they hold a meeting, it's actually a court. It is actually a court. Right. It used to be called the county, county court. court. Right. And they actually do things they do, like, uh, you know, they, they uh, have probate, you know, you, you handle probate, and you also... Uh, taxation. Taxation. I mean, there, there's, there's other things that, that they decide on, in a, it's like a court of law. We're in a municipality, we have our meetings, but we don't, we're not really a court. We're, we're a, a council, and we, we need to uh, discuss the, you know, the things of the town. The plan. The plan. The plan. Yeah, if I had to distinguish between the two, the... The county commission is almost like an executive, legislative, judicial branch wrapped into one body. And, and the city councils are more operational. They're more of the management of the municipality. Mm -hmm. um, we are actually, you know, and it, it amazes me sometimes because there's no legal degree requirement for county commission, but we do make decisions all the time regarding the yeah. states. Uh, we make decisions all the time regarding what taxes you're supposed to pay. Of course, the assessor assesses them. Uh, the, the assessor bases that on a market value. The tax is paid. But when there's any disagreement, they come to the county commission first, and we actually sit, sit as a first line of appeal. Mm -hmm. We're talking about municipal and county governments. My guests are Mayor Guy Ward of the Marion County Town of Whitehall and Commissioner Mike Romano of the Harrison County Commission, or Michael Romano. Some, some it's actually Romano so. in Harrison County. Romano. <laughs> I've only known you for about 35 years. I get it wrong occasionally. It depends on what geographic location you're sitting in. It really does, Dan. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, you, uh, you really do sit as a judicial body. Probate, when we talk about probate in states, we're talking about interpreting wills, deciding which will, if there's more than one, is the valid will, the real will. And sometimes that slops over into circuit court, too. But yeah, they can you, appeal it. If they, yeah. yeah, as an appeal. Mm -hmm. But you have a lot of power. Municipal, you have a police judge. That's the only thing we have is municipal court, which is uh, handles, uh, like you said, police work. 
And if there's a fine, you know, they go for the municipal judge. But, uh, and, and the council is a legislative branch and also an executive branch too, combined. It's kind of like, sort of sure. like Sure, there are some layers. Yeah, because you guys pass ordinances, we right. pass ordinances. Well, that, let's, let's talk about that. What kind of ordinances is a county commission allowed to pass? Well, we can pass any ordinance that, that does not go beyond the state code in order to govern the county. One, one that we just undertook recently was, you know, you know we've made an effort, uh, we, we recognize that blight, although, you know, not like the inner cities, but blight's a problem. And talking about economic blight. No, I'm, re I'm really talking about residential and, and uh, uh, you know, aesthetic blight. You allow your house, you abandon your house because you've moved somewhere else, and instead uh, of... The deterioration of Deterioration, collection of, okay. of garbage and trash and refuse. And, and what we found is that, that a, a, one of the initiators, one of the uh, things that start our drug and degradation of our neighborhoods is allowing that to occur. And you know, there, there's various provisions that are in the state code and we've gone upon those and we've appointed actually uh, uh, deputy sheriffs to enforce those provisions because if you're keeping up your house and you mow your grass and you make sure your house is clean, regardless of how much money you have or you know, whether it's a big fancy house or a small house, if your neighbor's allowing the roof to cave in on his abandoned property because he lives in another neighborhood, eventually you're gonna give up. And it's like a disease, it's like a virus. It spreads from the one bad house and spreads throughout the entire neighborhood. Good people wanna leave that neighborhood, uh, which gets people in there that, that you know, don't have the neighborhood's best interest at heart. And what it really does, it kills our neighborhoods. So we've undertaken, and it's, I think municipalities have been doing it for years. Well, well just recently, uh, with the new home rule that came about, uh, Huntington and I believe uh, Wheeling have gotten rid of a, a lot of their dilapidated buildings and stuff. Clarksburg's been doing it for years. Yeah. Clarksburg's done a tremendous job. But they, now they're allowed to pass, uh, put liens on property and things like that. And we, which we, we do never, that. Okay. We have that. Yeah. Well, uh, okay, Mike represents Harrison County in broad terms. You represent a small town in Marion right. County. Mm -hmm. Can the county government come in and tell the small town government what they're gonna do about neighborhood blight? Mm. No, we cannot. No, not we cannot, and, and I've been taught very frequently that I have no control over <laughs> municipalities. I, I mean, You're reminded, the, yeah. Yeah, when, when it, well, I've been less than reminded. I, I think it's... Gentle I, suggestion. I, I've, also, I've also, it's become very clear to me that I do not control other elected officials within the county. Yeah. So, you know, oh, yeah, I know that we, too. We, we control the purse strings. And, and I mean, that's one yeah. way to get things done. But, you know, you've got to work together, and you've got to cooperate. And... and you know, if we well, don't find a balance for everything we do, if somebody comes in and tries to dictate, you're not going to get anything done. That's what's happened in Congress, is one side's trying to dictate to the other, and when they don't get their way, they, they all seem to want to take their ball and go home. But now municipalities, they come to you for help, don't they? On occasion. Yeah, because uh, when I was on county commission, we had several uh, small towns that couldn't afford, you know, like the bigger cities and they would come to us for assistance. You just don't have the tax base in smaller towns right. to be able to afford right. mm -hmm. a first-class fire department, mm -hmm. a first-class police department. Mm -hmm. You'll have one or two town cops, as it were, and a volunteer yeah. fire department. We're a small example. town, we're class four, and that's as small as you can get. And we got about 700 residents. But for a small town, we've actually got a big tax base because we are, we're full of businesses. And that's because of that, we have a lot of income for a small town. We probably have a budget between six hundred and seven hundred thousand dollars a year, which is a lot for a, a town the size of, you know, of seven hundred residents. And we can do, you know, we can do a lot. But then you go out outside of uh, other parts of Marion County, like Grant Town and Reesville, 
they have more people in their municipality but smaller budgets than we do and they do need assistance and that's where the county commission will come to the county commission for help. We, we generally do not help municipalities with their budgets. We're not there to supplement their budget. You know, taxpayers are paying taxes to the cities. If they live in them, they're paying uh, county taxes in the form of property taxes. Just so you know, Dan, the vast majority of property taxes go to our state educational system. Yeah, yeah. Uh, county, yeah. county boards of education collect about 73 cents on a dollar mm -hmm. for every dollar you pay in property taxes. But that goes to the state and comes back mm, to no, the county. No, no, no. It's directly the, the county. It's directly the board of education. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's a tremendous amount of money. My budget in Harrison County for the county is, a, is about 24 million with about another 10 million in what we call excess levy funds. Mm -hmm. That means the Board of Education is collecting about a hundred million plus mm -hmm. for spend, spending on education. And, and that's a place, and, and, and I guess the point I'm trying to get to, and I, I, I think Guy kind of agrees, is we've got to look for ways to be more efficient. Oh, yeah. I mean, part of that is just asking questions and saying, do we need to spend this money? Because one of the things that happens, as you said, politicians, I like to think of myself as an elected official <laughs> or a public servant, <laughs> but if you want to use the word politician, one thing that happens to politicians is they forget that that's their money too. They, they, they don't see it as their money and, and I have, I've got a couple nicknames they have for me down at Harrison County because I don't like to spend it but I tell them very upfront. I say yeah. look I watch this money as if it's mine That's good. and I have my baptism money in my sock so you're not going to get it unless it's going to create economic development or unless it fills a need that otherwise isn't going to get fulfilled so we don't give a lot of money to municipalities when one well, gets in trouble we're there. What we would did in Marion County we would give these municipalities interest-free loans mm -hmm. And, and that would help them out, you know. But what happens if they don't pay it back? Well, can't pay we, it back. we had a lot that couldn't pay it back, and um, they're still in the books, but we don't go after them. So well, I, I, Mike, the county commission, though, is, this, is the group that decides how much money there is to spend. You set the levy rates, don't you? We do, and we've lowered ours. Well, I'm except, sorry. except for the, that 73 cents on the dollar, you don't have any control over. No, we still set the levy rate. I mean, that, oh, that's, that's, right. yeah, that's the, the levy rate right, for everybody. For but, the property tax. Yeah. Right, but mm -hmm. we've lowered taxes in Harrison County. All three years I've been on the commission have lowered the levy rate. Now, you know, of course, values go up and you still collect more taxes, but, you know, we're very conservative about the money we spend in Harrison County. And, and, and I want to get back but to how do, you, how do you decide how much the levy rate's going to be, how much money's going to be in the pot to divide up? Well, we try to realist, we look at a realistic budget. Uh, we control the budgets of all the county officials. We make sure that they try to spend within now, reasonable means. Does the Board of Education come to you and tell you? No. That, and, that's, and they should. I mean, I think they should. Uh, they didn't do that in Marion County either when I was on the commission. We did a budget every year, and we talked, like he said, we talked to each head of each department, you know, the county clerk, the circuit clerk, the sheriff, we brought them all in and they told us how much they need and everything. We did a budget and we told them how much they would get. But it wasn't always what they asked for, but we, what we could have, you know, could give each, each uh, department. But the, the Board of Education never really came to us and since we set the rates, you would think they would, of course they have bonds and levies and things like that and that's where yeah, they get... have been voted down more and more Oh yeah, yeah. And, you know, our boards of education, and I know they have a tough job, I mean you have disparaging socioeconomic realities in every school within every county system. But, you know, we're spending about 10000 to $11,000 a student in West Virginia. And, and while I think everybody's trying to do the best they can, that, that's really high up there when compared to other states, but yet our education results aren't quite as good as they should be. Well, we could, we could debate that 
not pro, pro and con necessarily, but what is a factor in a good quality education and how you achieve it for days. Oh, I, yeah. I used to teach at West Virginia University in their, what was then called the Education Administration Department. And I felt sometimes like I was chasing my tail, trying to figure out, you know, how should this work? Who should you listen to to find out how it works? You can grow old very fast. Well, I, I can tell you the first thing I do. I mean, we gotta convince people to quit playing high school football. They're so worried about those fake lines have been drawn on a map 200 and some years ago when they were trying to measure the distance between county seats by how long it took You're to talking ride. figuratively. <laughs> I am. I, I'm talking about those fake lines that separate Marion and Harrison County. One of the things we could do in education is start consolidating the administrative aspect of it. There's no reason we have to have 55 boards of education unless you just want to slam your fist down and say, I'm going to have my own board of education. I was telling Guy we have the... Uh, West Virginia Regional Airport. It's right across right. the border in Harrison mm -hmm. County. And Marion County Marion and County, yeah. Harrison County own it together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's one of the great success stories in West Virginia. And, and, and somebody from New York who had come down from, uh, from Montreal, from Bombardier, said it's one of the best hidden secrets in the country. We have 2,200 employees inside the fence at the airport. Out of those 2,200 employees, they come from 22 different counties within West Virginia, from five different states, and those are people that are working every day. Harrison County has about 34, 35% of the uh, employee population. Marion's about 24. Taylor County, which is a small county population-wise, has about 17. But that's when you can, when you close your eyes and don't worry about something being in Harrison County or Marion County, when you can promote that, when you can make it a success, it benefits everybody in the region. We're talking about municipal and county governments. My guests are Mayor Guy Ward of the Marion County Town of Whitehall and Commissioner Michael Romano of the Harrison County Commission. Well, there's a lot of talk that goes on from time to time among radical theorists about why do we need 55 counties? Why do we have to have governments separate between towns and counties? Why do we have to have separate boards of education? Why can't we just administer over larger geographic areas? Yeah, you know, counties were set up originally because it was about the amount of time it took a guy to ride a horse from one county seat to the next. Some of the bigger counties like uh, Randolph and Pocahontas, probably uh, sparse populations of the counties bigger, it might take two days <laughs> to ride to the county seat. But we had 1850s and 1800s uh, designations on why counties are what they are now. Is it time to rethink all of that? The bad thing about rethinking all that, sometimes it gets you unelected. I mean, they get well, voted out. <laughs> that, that's what happens is yeah. you're asking people to vote against their own jobs. Well, and that's true because you consolidate, you lose jobs. I mean, there's no doubt about that. But consolidation does save money. And, but at the same time, people have their turfs that they learn to protect. And, and if, if you go, if you, you know, take away their territory or the turf, then, then they get offensive about that. And it's tough. It's tough to, it's an educational thing. You have to, get, you know, educate people. Well, that's the same issue we have. We were talking about the educational process, same, ed, same issue we have when we consolidate small schools into one larger right. school. Then the it, people who control the hiring and the firing start to lose turf, and it becomes touchy. Mm -hmm. we, we, we have, I can't remember whether it's seven or nine, but we have multiple municipalities in Harrison County. Every one of them has a police chief. Every one of them has a town council. We're paying retirement for all those folks. And some of those police chiefs don't even have any, have any police officers underneath of them. 
They're, they can't even provide 24-7 service to their municipalities. I, I mean, it, it's very hard for people to appreciate consolidation. And I agree with the guy. You can do it without anybody losing jobs. You can do it through attrition. You can give right. every police chief in that county uh, the position of lieutenant in the new police force because, you know, they're all retiring as time goes on. And as you lose those positions, you don't have to fill a new one. So there's, there's ways to accomplish that without disrupting people's lives. The end result is that we'll be spending less tax money, collecting less of your tax money, and we'll have right. better provided mm -hmm. services because, again, there's no reason to have all of those different government bodies within a small county like Harrison County. It should be one government. It really shouldn't even be more than that, but I'm realistic to know, and, and as Guy said, there's no better way to get unelected, but that brings up a whole other argument that we shouldn't be there to get reelected. Right. Yeah, that's we true. should that, be there to do the right thing. Right. But when you go to the 55 counties guy, I want to come up to Marion <laughs> County, and I think I've convinced a couple of your commissioners, I won't name them, but you know, Harrison County and Marion County could be one county. As long as your seat's not eliminated. No, <laughs> I, I'd well, give up my seat tomorrow. It wouldn't make a bit of difference to well, me. Well, even, uh, even my situation, I, we're right next to Pleasant Valley, and it wouldn't be, to me, it wouldn't be a problem merging the two. And I'd give up my seat to make a better uh, community by merging the two. But you, you, you look at a t an area, since none of us live in Kanawha County, we'll talk about Charleston, you've got all these little municipalities around Charleston. Right. And, mm -hmm. and the problem is the people on the other side of the river are cannibals. The people who live on the back side of the mountain are cannibals. They're different from us. We don't want to have anything yeah. to do with and them. That's, that's and it's whole populations that it, won't work it, And it's just silly. And I'll give you a great example. We have three small little communities that are right up next to each other in Harrison County. Uh, one's got a full-time police force, one's got a part-time police force, one's got no police force, or one guy out there. And there, it's, an, it's a total area of 4.3 square miles. And I've made the suggestion since I got on the commission, why don't we combine the fire departments and the police departments? Yeah. For these you can do that. You can do that. We, you can, we, it's even suggested that we would share a police department with the Pleasant Valley, if, if nothing else. Should, I mean, you should have a county-wide police department. Well, let's not even well, get there. We're talking about three communities that are right close to each other. And a guy looked at me and he said, I don't want my police chief coming from so-and-so. But guy, guys, you have broken my clock. We are out of time. Oh, <laughs> We're going to have to get back together again and talk some more about this. I think there's some really interesting topics here before the two of you are lynched in your respective Oh, no, uh, I'm, I'm probably in trouble. <laughs> Guy Ward. What an hour program. God, Jesus, <laughs> hey. thank you, John. Guy Ward, Mike Romano. Thank you. Thank you for being with thank us. Thank you. Thank you also for being with us. On behalf of the Law Works, I'm Dan Ringer. Good evening. If you would like to suggest a topic for a future The Law Works show, or if you're a school teacher and would like to receive a DVD of this show for classroom use, send us an email to thelawworks at comcast.net or visit us on Facebook. On the LawWorks website at thelawworks.org, you'll find a listing of recent The Law Works programs, additional information about this show's topic, and video of this and recent shows. You can also find The Law Works programs on YouTube and iTunes. The Law Works is produced in cooperation with the Office of the West Virginia Attorney General the West Virginia Bar Foundation, the Mountain State Bar, the Monongalia County Bar Association, and the West Virginia University College of Law. The Law Works is made possible by major grants from the Office of the West Virginia Attorney General and from Software Systems Incorporated, a West Virginia company established in 1975 which provides high-end support services, programming, and consulting for county government AS400 mid-range computer systems 
as well as PC-based systems, and by a grant from the West Virginia Bar Foundation. The West Virginia Bar Foundation, the philanthropic organization for West Virginia's legal profession and justice system, promoting public knowledge of the law in West Virginia. Additional support for the Law Works is provided by the West Virginia Supreme Court of Appeals. From West Virginia Public Broadcasting.